to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I am so excited to have Gina Forehand back with us. Welcome to the show, Gina. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to be here, always excited to get to visit with you. Yes, real quick, I'm going to plug you. So you and your husband have a marriage ministry, for those that do not know, called Stained Glass Ministries. And I had the privilege of going to one of your marriage conferences and to one of your retreats. And I can definitely give you a 100% endorsement. Fantastic. One of the best marriage conferences I've ever been to. And then, yes, you also have a women's ministry called Living Deeper ministries and you have a lot of books you've done and you've done speaking and i can definitely say if someone would like to have gina come to their church absolutely please reach out to her their email is or their website is com. that's probably the easiest way is that right dell and gina yeah and then the women's ministry is com. Wonderful. And that's F-O-R-E-H-A-N-D. And I'll put that in the description box. But let's go ahead and get rolling. I feel like you're a secretariat. You're at the gate. and uh, You're waiting on the whistle. And I'm just going to say go. Yeah. So, you know, when when, when it comes to the prophetic and, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like you're always growing and learning in that. But uh, the more I grow and the more I'm learning in this thing, God just begins to just like enlighten me to new little avenues. And one that has just particularly kind of come up is just the fact that growing up, you know, I, I grew up to strive to be the best and to it was I was very performance driven. I won't even say that that was driven by my parents. I think some of that's just in my own not just personally, I am a person of excellence. I want to do, if it's going to be done, I want it done right kind of personality. And so then that, so I, I'm really self-driven. I have a lot of, you know, nobody tells me when to wake up and make my bed up. I just do it. And so I've always kind of been that personality. But as I got older and I'm trying to figure out my identity and who I was, Beth, what I found myself doing is seeing all these other people and they had gifts and abilities that I thought I had or that I certainly wanted, especially in my as a follower of Christ. I was like, "Ooh, I want what they've got. Or I would, you know, see things and say, oh, wow, they're the same age as me and I ought to be where they are. And so I, I looked at them. And out of that, when I saw those things set before me out of that, I began to compare myself to them. And what, do, the, what do they call that? FOMO? Fear? Of yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I began to just compare myself and what the message I started, you know, and then I again, because I'm a self-motivated, driven kind of person, then my focus was on what I not what I could be, but what I was not. Oh, and the wow. more I focused on those people with the lens of what I was not, the more shame I kind of took on my life. And I define shame as a paralyzing emotion that makes you think or feel that irreparable damage has been done to the deepest place of your soul. So I start looking back at the mistakes I made in my life or the sin in my life that I did, something I did against God and, and you know, and I'm never going to recover from this. And it just took me on this downward spiral. And I remember thinking things like, 
man, if, you know, uh, on this person that I, it was the, I should have, you know, I should have, could have, would have, I I should be further along. I should, you know, they're the same age as me and they know more than I do spiritually or they're, you know, experiencing the gifts better than I am. And I, and, and I was just, it, it just was like a downer to my soul. And the Lord has just has just in the as I've grown in the prophetic gift, the Lord has just like brought me back to that place to remind me of this, that when those people are placed in front of us, God placed them in front of us and the enemy takes what he's placed in front of us to bring us down to this. Oh, I should be there or blah, 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 or down on ourselves and, and tries to drag us back into shame. And God's going, no, I'm showing you. This is like a, I don't know, like a marquee, maybe like this is a marquee saying, this is what's in you. This is what I have for you. And so if you've ever wondered, I don't know what path I'm supposed to take. I don't know the journey I have. I don't know where to focus all of this energy and all this drive that I have, I'm sitting this up as a mark for you, as a signpost for you. So when you're so it is just like revolutionized my whole perspective from this looking at those people as to what I'm not, rather instead looking to at them through the lenses of the Holy Spirit and and God's purpose and identity for me as this is who is already in you. This is by the power of the spirit is already in you. And this is the focus and where I, I want to take you. It's, it's just backing up the scripture that's coming to mind right now. Beth is he calls things that are not as though they already were. So that's my already were. And he's calling me up to that. So he's placed that in front of me prophetically to show me where I'm headed so I can partner wow. with him. But the enemies come over here and gone. You're not that. You'll never be that. You better start trying harder. You better start measuring up, you know, or quit altogether because you're never going to fix it. You know, you're never going to get there. And that's just a downward spiral. God, God's spiraling us up and calling us up. The enemy spirals us down, you know. So That's right. That's right. That's so yeah. good. That, you know, that makes me think of a famous quote that I heard one time. It says, a flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. I love that. Yes. I know. Isn't that great? Yes. So true. So true. And, you know, when you, you know, you think about that, you know, even in this season that we're in where I believe God is really calling us to be so unified. When you can't be unified, you can't even be in close uh, relationship with other people if you're busy comparing yourself and competing to them. So not only is this personal, but it's also relational because it begins to affect your relationships of those around you. I mean, yeah. if I looked at you and thought, man, I wish I knew the Bible like she does or blah, 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 then, you know, how could I be in relationship with you? But no, I come up under you and I honor you, Beth, and I see that gift in you. And the more I honor you and and then I believe that out of that honoring of you, seeing you prophetically, even in my own life to grow, that challenge for me to grow, then I believe that the Lord opens up room in my life to receive more from you so I can grow in that area. Right. And that's a two way street, you know, especially there's other areas where I can learn from you. You know, a real relationship is a two way street. If a relationship's a one way street, it's not a real relationship. 
That's right. It's an, uh, it's an uneven relationship. Yeah. So good. So good. So, you know, it's kind of like this new perspective or, or reality that those people are not there to communicate what you're not. God's put them there to communicate as a as a marquee, a billboard of who you are. They're God's prophecy set before you. They're not telling you who you're not, but rather where you are headed. Wow. Right. You know, That's what I so mean? good. You know, it makes me think, too, of First uh, Peter 2, 5. It says you also as living stones being built up into a spiritual house. You know, in Egypt, they made bricks. And the bricks were very uniform and they were square. You know, they had bricks and everybody was just like cookie cutter. Yeah. And that's what the world wants us to be. They want us to fit into a mold. But the Lord created us to be stones, imperfect, imperfectly perfect. And so he can shape and mold us and make us because stones, when you put them under heat and pressure and you chip away, the the imperfections on them they become beautiful diamonds and rubies and emeralds and and i believe that's what makes up that breastplate of the priest and that's what we're called to be living stones we're not supposed to be just the very same everyone fits into this perfect little square god created us to be uniquely different and to really for lack of a better phrase or cliche to complete one another to be the body yeah, yeah, that's so good. And you know, and and when when we when you can take on that new perspective, now all striving has ceased. Like mm. I'm not trying to measure up to anyone. I you know, I just know where I'm headed. I know what the Lord's placed in front of me. I'm going to head in that direction. I don't have to look exactly like this person because this this one this one thing. So this person that God set before me might be an incredible teacher of the word. This person over here might be an incredible preacher or pastor. This person might be um, might know how to study Jewish culture or study the Greek and Hebrew better than me. So there there will be many people in my life that the Lord sets before me. Not for me to compare myself to, but to say, here's where I'm heading with you. And I put these people in front of you and each person has a little part to play in your becoming. That's so good. So good. It makes me think of Proverbs 27, 17 that says, as iron Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Yeah. So now I'm free from striving to be like this person or be like this person because I'm just me. Just like you said, two flowers don't compete. They just bloom. And so you're going to you're going to you're going to know that who God sets before you, you're supposed to be in relationship with because they have something you need that's going to take you higher, call you up and and vice versa. Just like you said earlier, I will have something that I need. And so now there's no comparison, no competition. God's just sitting before us. This is the more I have for you. This is your next season. And so press into that. And then we can all lock arms and do the thing together. And I believe that's what God's calling us into, you know, with us going in and in the Jewish calendar, you know, you and I like to talk about this. We're, we're going into 5782. We're going into 2022 in January on our calendar. And the number two among 
many different things, speaks about unity. The, the, the two number is really a building that ha- looks like an open window or open door. And I, I look at that like this this next year, we all who are housings of the Holy Spirit need to be open to bringing more in and working towards unity. No more division. You know, this right. world has set itself up. I mean, right now, we we are such a divided nation. There's so much division going on. And this is when the church at large needs to fight and stand up and be a unified body of believers and put all that other stuff aside. And how can we be unified if all we're ever doing is is looking at each other and competing and comparing with each other instead of looking at. You know, this group of people and saying, let's pull from them this and let's look at them and let's pull from them from this. Because prophetically, we all have something to learn from one another. And that now it, it, we're not striving against each other. We're we're stri- we're working together. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. It's symbiotic. We're working in tandem. And that's the key to being the body. You know, some are the feet, some are the hands. Tribalism is is antiquated backwards thinking and history has proven time and time again that tribalism uh, it always comes to war it does not work and so we have to be unified and really the one the glue that holds us all together really is the lord that's what yes. that's what we have in common that's our common citizenship is that which is in heaven that is so good so, I, you know, th- I guess that's just where I've been. Here's the truth is that we get to choose which perspective we're going to have with the people God has put in front of us. And again, you, that's what you got to go back to. Do you think that these people who have what you desire or whatever are just dangled out there, you know, so that like, wh- why would God do that to the people he loves is to place somebody in front of you and go, well, you can never be that. That's not God. That's not loving. And so that now we have to go, oh, well, I need to operate in in the truth. And the truth is God is placing these people in front of me because he's showing me where I'm headed. He's it's like a marquee. That's all I keep seeing. It's like a scrolling marquee with these bright lights, you know, that at night you just they just stick out. Wah, wah, wah. That's, you know, look here, look here. Not what I'm lacking in, but where I'm headed. And now I can just release that and partner with Holy Spirit and just say, all right, now I know where we're going. And then then, you know, when you do have your some time to just be with the Lord, you can just tear into the scriptures and look up whatever that word is. He sits before you, somebody and you're like, they just carry peace like they are just such a peaceful. Then you're going to learn about peace and rest and calm and all of just deep dive into that. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like now you're able exactly. to partner well with the Lord. Because you cause well, he's, he's put a neon sign out here saying this is where you're headed. Let me let me interject, you know, a Hebrews four moment, which, you know, if Come you listen on. to me long enough, <laughs> Hebrews four is foundational. So so the whole premise of Hebrews four is entering into God's rest, knowing in faith that everything we've ever needed has already been done from the foundation of the okay. earth. Prophetically, God typically gives us. The destination, just like the GPS in your car will give you a destination when you enter in an address. You have several routes you can choose from. You may be in mid-route and get rerouted due to construction or, or whatever. And so you have to be able to be 
Oh, it's a faith walk. It's a faith journey, just like what you're saying. Even the relationships in our life are a faith journey. And so if we want to be in God's will, if we want to be in God's perfect will, then we need to be able to be obedient, hearing God's voice. And that's a prophetic journey all by itself. It makes me think of Psalms 37, 23. And by the way, I looked this up. I'm not I don't remember remember every scripture just for clarity. Uh, but in the living translation, it says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Mm. God, I love that. God placed yes. people in your life. I believe for such a time as this, if, if you are running with somebody right now and it's a godly relationship, you better believe God put that person in your life. It's divinely ordered that you are there to learn something from one another. And it should be uh, an equal two sides of the street relationship. Gina, I believe you're in my life that I'm supposed to learn something and vice versa. I believe that, you know, several other people are in my life at this moment for a purpose. And we have to we have to have a kingdom mindset. We have to have a heavenly mindset to perceive, to be able to see that God has placed this person in my life right now for a purpose. Yes, yes. And we're to celebrate one another, not one another. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what I said earlier, Beth, is honor. You know, I am just on a kick right now about how we've lost honor in our culture, how valuable it was um, in Jesus's day and how valuable it is for the body of Christ. I mean, my friend, not to run a rabbit, but here we go. You know, my friend Jeremiah, um, the, when he found Jesus, his 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 the guy who discipled him said, here's the first thing I want to teach you. And, you know, I, I was for sure. I mean, I was it was running through my mind. Oh, I bet he took him to John. Oh, I bet he, you know, and I'm just thinking, what was the first thing this guy taught him? And he said, the guy looked at him and said, honor your father and mother that it may go well for you. And and that was so key mm-hmm. for Jeremiah because Jeremiah was raised in an abusive and alcoholic home. And so he didn't want he didn't want to honor his parents. That was a wrestling moment for Jeremiah. Will I be obedient to the word? You know, as a new believer, even when that's going to be the hardest thing for me to do, but because he wanted to honor his the guy who was discipling him and 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 the Bible commanded honor your parents. He grew to honor his parents. It has nothing to do with whether they deserve it or not. So so there's this and it was the first command with a promise. So there there's this level of honoring the gifts you see in other people calling bringing that to their attention i honor you for the way you handle people's hearts well i honor you for the atmosphere of love you bring into a room i love you for the joy that you bring into places you see what i'm saying and then i believe that when we start Instead of comparing ourselves and competing with that person, we start honoring those gifts. It makes way. It's almost like it opens a door for you to receive everything that they've got, which is what God wants in the first place. So I believe there's a real partnership. I believe there's a real connection to overcoming this comparison and that this competition kind of thing. And and with looking at those people set before us prophetically and then partnering in that by honoring what we see in them oh wow i just while you were talking i looked up a quote on honor and this one's actually from calvin coolidge it says no person was ever honored for what he received honor 
has been the reward for what he gave. That is powerful. Yes. So, you know, I mean, when you think about that, that that is a beautiful partnership. And I just I just sense that when we begin to honor people in their giftedness and I will say this, Beth, that um, I am pretty good. I, you know, I feel like one of my gifts, I, I feel like God has made me a student proclaimer of the word. Some people get offended when when people call me a preacher because I'm a woman. But the word says preach the word in and out of season. And it's not gender specific. So it doesn't offend me <laughs> at all when somebody says I'm a preacher. But um, in that, when you talk about honoring somebody's gifts and honoring what you see in somebody else, I feel like I'm a pretty good encourager of people. And usually I'll write it in a card, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it's their birthday for some special occasion, I'll write, you know, encouraging words or what I see in them, you know, in the card. Well, this past year, I felt like the Lord said to me, Gina, from from here on out, every time y'all have a celebration at your house of any kind, you know, we're big celebrators in our house. I decorate the house and I have their favorite meal and we're just big celebrators. And so he said, from here on out, no cards. So I'm saved some money, but no cards. <laughs> he said, um, he said, I want you to when y'all stand around in your circle and hold hands for prayer, I want you to stop and say, before we pray, I want to honor this person and share and share in front of everybody exactly how you what the spirit of God has revealed that's called you up in your own personal life. And so this past year, that's what I've done. And mm-hmm. I've just said when I was on your podcast before, what is love saying? So love what is that. about this person and what have you prophetically set up in front of me that I can honor in this person? And then I've just verbally spoken that. And Beth, you know, that goes right back to life and death is in the power of your tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So I am speaking that life out to this person that I'm honoring. And as a result of honoring this person, the very things that they have come back to me because now I've opened myself up to receive what they have that I'm honoring them in. Isn't that kind of cool? So good. I love that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's like double reaping and sowing. Yes. It's like a win. Yeah. Right. It's so good. I love that. We don't really have a culture that's centered around honor the way that we should. That seems like almost an ancient concept, but honor is huge in the kingdom of God. Huge. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, and I need to probably sit in it even more, Beth, but I just feel like there is a direct correlation right there between who God sits before you, honoring that, honoring that that gift, honoring what the Lord set before you prophetically in your life, and then you being able to receive it because you're not comparing and you're not competing. You're just seeing that. And the Lord says, this is where we're headed. And now I'm just going to honor what I see in you. I'm going to speak that out where there's power and in declaration. And then I'm that's totally opening myself to the Lord going, you're at the place now, that teachable, that receiving place where you now can receive that very gift that you saw on them because your heart's right. And that, that almost takes us full circle back to, I think, right at the very beginning, you said the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword and actually cuts down to the very motive of your heart. So, so when our perspective changes, 
on that right. first. Now our heart has changed. The motive of our heart has changed. And now it's, it's created this reciprocal relationship between one another where we can honor the gifts in one another and then we can grow from one another. I just think it's a beautiful thing. Right. What you're saying is it absolutely comes down to our motives to be inspired by someone. That's a good thing. You know, if I, I see the energy that you have and just how much you do and and how you bring uh, zeal and excitement and and that passion level that that's inspiring. I need some of that in my life. Sometimes I'm too laid back. And so that's <laughs> inspiring. But it's all about the motive of my heart. A lesson that I had learned, and this may take us in a little bit of a different direction. It's more of a, a spiritual warfare direction. It was a, a message that Joyce Meyer taught that was a real revelation to me. Uh, my mom was dealing years ago with someone that uh, became envious of her and was copying her and, and things like that. And Joyce Meyer made the point of uh, when someone is envious, and you know, the envy is called the green-eyed monster. <laughs> it's 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 a monster. And so it's demonic. And so when someone is in, in, in an envious relationship and their motive is impure, uh, they want to become you. But in order to become you, they have to destroy you because there can only be one you. Just wow. like we come back to that living stones. You know, God made yeah. us unique and individual. And he, he didn't make us cookie cutter stamps. Our fleshly default is to want to be bricks like Egypt. Yeah. God wants to take us out of Egypt and take Egypt out of us and shape us into these diamonds and rubies and emeralds and, and so on. And so when we have that envious view, that, that competitive, that little imaginary measuring stick in our mind, you know, that's, that's a form of envy and that's a green eyed monster. And that makes us uh, the end of that road. Envy, the spirit of envy is connected to the spirit of murder. And if people can't physically murder the person they want to become, they will do it through character assassination. And so uh, we don't want to partner with envy or competitiveness or pettiness. We want to partner with honor that says, hey, I'm inspired by this person and I see a quality in them that that I admire. And so I give it honor. And so to me, that's sort of how I see those two. The, the dichotomy of those two is that we need to pick the right side of the coin, which is understanding that I don't want to become this other person, but I can learn from this other person. Not, you know, I, hey, I want what they have. And, and we get into this competitive game. And so that's that's dangerous. And we need to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no doubt that envy, envy absolutely blinds you to right. what the Lord is really trying to do. Yeah. Wow. So, we went deep quick. Yeah. That was so good. I love it. Yeah. yeah that's so, so the concept good. of honor. Yeah. Yeah. So needed, you know, and even if it starts in a few, when we began to honor people, the, our whole perspective of them and why they're in our life changes, you know. And then that's that that sets us up for growth, which is where God wants us anyway. So good. So yeah. good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the program. And I do honor you and honor the, yeah. the gifts that the Lord's put in you and the, the inspiration you bring to people. And um, is there anything else you want to leave us with? 
I would just say that those who have felt themselves walking in shame from feeling as though they had to measure up or they don't measure up and watch try and all that. I would just want to speak into their life and and say that the Lord is not. I think I would I would I think I would probably say to them that shame is about who you are. And that is and that is uh, the enemy taking away, trying to defeat, demolish, steal, kill and destroy the identity of who God says you are. So uh, so my prayer, I think, for your um, listener would be that we step out of shame and into this prophetic, again, uh, marquee of who God is calling us to through and showing us and revealing so that we can honor those gifts and then allow those things to become a part of who we are and set us on a course of growth versus taking us down this road of shame that then, you know, one is taking us down the road of more and more of, of stepping into our identity. And I think that's constantly growing and evolving in our life. The other is taking us down a road that shuts us down and we never find or fulfill our purposes. So for the person who maybe for the first time hears this and is enlightened to this truth as it has just been unfolded, you know, even in my own life, my prayer would be that they would come up from out of this weightiness of comparison and competition and into looking at the people God has before them and saying, Holy Spirit, why are they here? Reveal to me. You give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so I can know you better. And you reveal to me you know, what you have for me, what you're calling me up to, what's already in me and the journey that the next step in our journey together that you want to take me. And now I know kind of where I'm going and how I can partner with the Lord um, in this. So now I'm looking, you know, I'm looking and I'm right. growing in that. So that would just be my encouragement for those you know, that are listening to you today. Shame is about what I'm not. And and the other is the beauty, focusing on the beauty of who I am and who I am becoming. That is so good. You know, the greatest weapon against shame and insecurities is a strong identity. And, and that really comes down to knowing who you are in Christ. And yes. it's not us. We in and of ourselves are nothing. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. What a fantastic message. Thank you so, so much. I love when you're on here. You bring so much energy and just, I mean, you're a fireball. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. And Beth, I just honor you for walking in what God has called you to, to be, walking in all of your gifts and walking in this, this, this deep teaching of the prophetic that I believe is the season we're in and that you're calling people up to. It is a beautiful thing. I just continue to pray and speak blessings over this podcast that God will multiply, use it throughout the nations as he already is to call people up to this beautiful uh, thing we get to partner with the spirit in to encourage the body of Christ until he returns. And so thank you for what you do. And thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you. Back at you. You're a diamond. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.